You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. ...of BetQL Daily here on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Jim Rodriguez... We'll be joined momentarily by Adam Trigger, who is our next guest. J-Rod, though, we're monitoring the the Genesis Invitational. And uh, Justin Thomas and Rory, they are struggling early. They both bogeyed the first hole. Justin Thomas has a long par putt coming up. And Rory now is trying to chip in for birdie, and he just misses it. Tiger, meanwhile, has a birdie putt coming up. So Tiger trying to go one under through his first two holes here in round two. Of the Genesis Invitational. Let's bring in yeah, our a, not, next guest. Not a good oh, go start. ahead, Jared. Not a good start considering that first hole at Riviera is, is usually uh, a birdie heaven. So, yeah. not a good start for JT. No, not a good start. Let's bring in our next guest now, Adam Trigger, who's a professional handicapper for Wager Talk and co host of the Hustle Show podcast. Adam, I hear you were at the Youngstown State Milwaukee <laughs> game yesterday and things did not go according to plan for you. No, and you know what, guys? <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me on. Second of all, uh, I'm probably kicking myself for that bet more than any other one I've made this year. And the reason I say that, not only because it lost by 30, but I saw Youngstown State play very first night of the season. I went out to Buffalo, uh, watched them play Canisius, and one of my takeaways from early in the season was, wow, like this team – this Youngstown State team just doesn't even look like a Horizon League team. They look like a team that belongs in a bigger conference. The athleticism, the the talent on that team is just like supersede is is exceeds like your typical Horizon League team. And I knew how good they were, and I talked myself into ten just being in, in just egregious number. Of course, it wasn't. And my takeaway again, guys, is wow. Like Youngstown State, I've seen twenty. I've seen 20 games this season, all different venues, um, so a bunch of different teams, big conferences, small conferences. Youngstown State's as impressive of a team I've seen. If I'm like, you know, I saw a recent bracketology. Uh, some had them on the 14 seed. Some had them on the 15. I think they'll play. If they get in, I think they'll probably be a higher seed, like a 13 or a 14. If I'm like one of the top four seeds, I don't want to play them. That's my takeaway. Mm. They are really, really good, really athletic. Um, they get lost a little bit defensively. Uh, I think a, a team that's really good on the pick and roll would give them some trouble. Like they, they lost the guy rolling to the hoop at least like six times. I think Milwaukee missed four of those layups, though. But, like, a, you know, a good team in, in pick and roll would, would give them some trouble. But if we're talking, like, just if it's a, a game where it's just two teams playing ball, they've got ballers that can go up against the bigger conference. Like, it's a really good team. I expect them to win the Horizon League tournament this year. Good. Now now we've got some little Penguins bets that we have to make moving forward. And, of course, 
possible upset candidate as we get to the dance. All right, Adam. So you, my friend, are going to be up at the Dome for Duke-Syracuse. And I guess, you know, we talked about it before. I guess when Syracuse moved to the ACC, especially for hoops, this was always one of the games you circled because of all the history between them. And obviously no more Coach K, Duke trying to get that transition. And Syracuse, as usual, bubbling, trying to get in there. Big weekend for Bayham and company, right? Oh, it's a huge weekend here. And, yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I have a, an opinion on that. Just by, I live in Syracuse now. I've always lived in this area. I'm from, the, the, I'm from Schenectady, Albany area. I went to Siena College. Live out in Syracuse now. So I've been in this sort of region. And I feel like every year this game is bigger for Syracuse than it is for Duke. Like, Syracuse, no question, always has the Duke game circled. Whereas, like, Duke, I, I don't know that this is, like, that they take Hughes as seriously as Hughes takes them, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Like Duke, Duke's going to have North Carolina, the NC State game, the you know Virginia has kind of become a, a nemesis of Duke in recent years. So, and it's and it, I think Syracuse gets that. Like so, yeah, really, just to make it sort of simple, I think Hughes gets up for this game a lot more than Duke does, especially when it's here. Uh, this is only Syracuse's like third. Saturday game this year, like their second Saturday night game. It's just the way the schedule has fallen. I think the only other Saturday night game against like a, a reputable a reputable opponent this year was Notre Dame way back in like early January. And that was like on an NFL playoff Saturday night. Um, mm. So I, I think I fully expect this to be the best crowd of the season at the Carrier Dome. I went to the Virginia game. There was 20,000. Uh, I think there, I think we'll probably get closer. I think there'll be at least 25 maybe more tomorrow, especially now that there's a little bit more excitement surrounding the Syracuse team. And, you know, normally I'd be looking for like, okay, like Duke, they haven't covered in a while. There's talent on this team. They've got to bounce back at some point. But guys, I, I think John Shire is one of the worst coaches in power conference basketball. I really do. I think it's a reason that Duke's two and six on the road this year. I, I kind of lean towards Syracuse. I don't know if we'll get the number that I want, but I like that Bayheim, and I've been critical of Bayheim. I'm not really a Jim Bayheim guy. Uh, if you listen to my, you know, stuff, you, you you'll know that. Like I've been critical of him. I love that he's he's put the young guys in more. He's really playing the freshmen more. Move Malik Brown in the starting lineup. I think it's been the, one of the reasons that they're starting to pile up wins. And I kind of lean their way tomorrow. I just I think that they're going to be able to feed off the crowd, and I still just don't buy Duke as a, a team that's going to win many on the road this year. Yeah, Syracuse currently plus 112 on the money line right now at BetMGM, two-point underdogs at home against Duke. Adam, you said how impressed you were with Youngstown State. Northwestern is a team, the more I watch them, I like them more and more. I'm not big on the Big Ten in general, but they're a team, their starting lineup, they have three seniors, they have two juniors, they were picked 13th preseason in the Big Ten poll, now they're in solo second, they have this chip on their shoulder, and little Boo Booey can play, man. He's got a great name, and he's got a great game, too. What are your thoughts on Northwestern? If they get in in the tournament with the right matchups, do you think they could possibly make like the second weekend? Uh, I, I bet Northwestern on Saturday. First of all, Boo Booey from Albany, New York. He's actually the younger brother of Taylor Battle, half-brother, I guess. I don't know if you remember Taylor Battle from Penn State yeah. back in the day. Maybe the last time uh, Penn State made the tournament, I'm going off memory, but they're 
So they are all Albany, New York guys. There was a Tara, his older brother was a Penn State recruit, um, transferred to Hofstra. So really good basketball family there. Taylor Battle's actually assist, an assistant on that Northwestern team now. Uh, but as far as this North, I mean, they've been extremely impressive. I, I you, you wake up there like second in the, the Big Ten in the standings. I you know kind of came out of nowhere for that. Uh, as I said, I had them on Saturday. I do think Purdue let them off the hook a little bit in that game, missed a, a number of threes, and then Northwestern was able – you know, I was sitting there with plus five thinking like, okay, maybe I could hang around and, and backdoor this one. And then all of a sudden, Northwestern's like clearly going to win the game. And then they come out and beat Indiana, which is – they've really kind of been spot-proof of late. Like, they, you know, it looks like they're going to fall into the spot. Well, can they win another one? And then they do. So, yeah, super impressive. I love the way Bowie has played. He's someone that I think they could lean on. So I don't, you know, if they if they draw the right matchup, I don't see why not. I have a feeling, guys. You know, I hear a lot of like the Big Ten isn't that good, and and I guess you know you look at the the top twenty five and stuff, and and you can make that case. I wouldn't be surprised if these some of these Big Ten teams get into the tournament and they're a little bit undervalued and they make a run similar to. I want to say it was like the Pac-12 a couple years ago where they didn't have a great regular season and a bunch of them kind of went off in the tournament. There are some teams in the Big Ten um, that, that could do that this year, and Northwestern might be one of them. Well, one of the most frustrating teams is Purdue. You know, we, we, we call them Perdon't. They've lost three of their last four. Seems like they keep shooting themselves in the foot. And then Matt Painter said something, Adam, that I found really intriguing was he says, we got to get tougher. So he's clearly sending a message. He's putting it out there for us to consume and for his team to consume. What do you make of Purdue? So I went up to Michigan and, and saw them play at Michigan. It was a game Purdue ended up winning by five. It landed right on the number. Actually, I believe Michigan was plus five and a half in that game. My takeaway was something similar where, man, I, I felt like if they if Michigan was tougher on Edie, they would have won that game. And then you kind of looked, and teams are starting to figure them out, right? Like Indiana, I thought, had a great game plan for Purdue where they basically let Edie do whatever he wanted and, and just, you know, kind of stopped everything else. I think he had 33 and 18 in that game, and, and Indiana clearly, you know, was the better team. Again, I don't know that, you know, so I didn't get a chance to go back and watch last night's game against Maryland. I saw they had the big time scoring drought, um, you know, and I guess my concern with Purdue is if a team can figure out how to how to just be chippy with Edie, specifically, I thought Michigan in that game should have just been like doubling more you know, trying to swat at the ball. Something like he was bringing the ball down by his waist and he wasn't, wasn't paying for it. Typically seven, four guy brings the ball down. You should be able to get it away. I don't, I don't care who it is. Um, so I think if we see like the blueprint here, you know, as like Northwestern had a pretty decent game plan and, and was able to sort of execute it in the second half, then Purdue is a, is a team. I, I don't know if I want much of a part of, but there's a lot of talent there and Edie is, is still a, easily one of the top couple individual talents in college basketball right now. So, I mean, if they, they, there might be a point where we have to buy Purdue based just based on the talent and the offensive and defensive efficiency numbers, but I've been in sell Purdue mode, so I'm not going to go the other way just yet, but I do think that, like, if everyone just jumps off the Purdue bandwagon, you know, that might be when I want to jump on because there's still a lot of talent there. I wouldn't just totally write them off. Talking with Adam Trigger, professional handicapper for Wager Talk and co-host of the Hustle Show podcast here on BeckQL Daily. 
Let's talk about the SEC, Adam. You know, it's really been Alabama and everybody else. We thought it would be a two-team race between Bama and Tennessee. Tennessee had those back-to-back losses where they lost at the buzzer to Mizzou and Vandy. Now, they did beat Bama last night that or a couple days ago. That put Bama at 12-1 and in SEC play. And Texas A&M is 11-2 and in SEC play. BetMGM is the Aggies at plus 800 to win the SEC regular season. They still play Bama at home this year. Bama has to play Arkansas at Auburn at home. You know, those could be games they could possibly struggle. You see any value at maybe taking A&M to win the SEC at all, regular season? Uh, so it's interesting you bring this one up. We we kind of had a discussion about this on my show uh, on Wednesday night. Actually, Drew Martin, one of my uh, co-workers and another you know capper at, at Wager Talk, brought up the fact that Texas A&M has, has made sort of a change to pretty much their, their entire sort of offense and, and how they run their offense. Specifically, it's Wade Taylor, you know, with the ball in his hands, you know, and basically just kind of being the primary ball handler and having the ability to make, you know, just kind of go and make plays. And he kind of came out and, and talked about this on the show being like, I, I took some on Texas A&M to win the whole thing. And, I, you know, he was kind of looking for, you know, Texas A&M futures. And this was before the Arkansas game. So this was on Wednesday, our show on Wednesday, prior to them beating Arkansas. So I I kind of see what he's saying. And, like, for me, I, I've always loved Williams as a coach. So that kind of checks out. Um, you know, I, I'm very high on Tennessee. I So Tennessee was the best bet for me against Alabama. That was a win. They're one of five teams that I – or I'm sorry, one of four teams that I bet preseason to win the, the whole thing, one of five teams I have in my futures portfolio right now. So I really like Tennessee – but when I look up and down the SEC, like I've, I've talked about Bama quite a bit and reasons why they can be beat. I'm not sold on Kentucky. Missouri doesn't play much defense. Florida's pretty much cooked at this point. Arkansas, I, I, I have to say I, I have no clue what's going on there, and I don't know if I want any part of that team right now. So, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, there's a lot of – there's still question marks surrounding other teams. I, I wouldn't talk you off of a Texas A&M play at this point. Adam, moving out west uh, over in the Pac-12, UCLA is usually in the mix. Arizona is in the mix. Who do you see winning that conference, and how deep can they go in terms of a national championship run? Got about a minute left, Adam. Yeah, so, you know, that's an interesting conference. I got to admit, I was – so I had Oregon to win that conference prior to the season. Going to be wrong about that. The Ducks just haven't panned out. Uh, I assumed it would be like UCLA and Arizona were kind of like the two, you know, kind of odds on favorites coming into the year. I thought Oregon could get in the mix with them. They didn't. I'm not a huge Andy Enfield guy. So I, I really would sell USC. So I think it is going to be as simple out West as, as UCLA or Arizona. Um, just from like the, you know, offensive defensive efficiency numbers right now, I think I prefer UCLA slightly, but, um, not you know I, it's it's UCLA or Arizona. Everyone else is a, a big time step down. Utah potentially, if they can get healthy, is an you know healthier is interesting. But once you get behind them, Arizona State, Colorado, Washington State, Washington, even Oregon at this point, like I maybe Oregon's like a sleeper come like a, a team that can make a run in the Pac-12 tournament. They do have a win over UCLA and Arizona this year. But uh, or I'm sorry, they have the win over Arizona. I think they ended up losing the one against UCLA point is 
UCLA or Arizona, there's a big step down, you know, out west of the rest of that conference. Yep, agree. Those are definitely the top two teams ahead of the Pac-12. Adam, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the games tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Real quick, Sienna College, 9 p.m. tonight. 9 o'clock starts in MVP Arena. They always play well. The kids are all there. They go out in Albany after. I would lay the small number with Sienna. There you go. He's Adam Trigger, professional handicapper for Wager Talk. We're taking a break here on BetQL Daily, talking more baseball next. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.